0: Hello, James here, and before we get started with this episode of Potaholics, I would love to share a message with you from Marilyn Zakour. It's heartfelt, it's genuine, and we feel here at Potaholics, it's important. Here's Marilyn.
1: Hi, my name is Marilyn. I'm the host of Who Run The World podcast, and I'm Lebanese. On August 4, 2020. At 6.07 p.m., Beirut was rocked with an explosion that shattered the entire city. After Hiroshima and Nagasaki, this is the third biggest explosion in a city in recorded history. Countless lives were lost, hundreds of homes brought to the ground, and 300,000 people are displaced. We urge you not to normalize this in your minds. This is not normal in the Middle East. This is a human catastrophe that deserves global attention and support. Lebanon had already been battling with hyperinflation, more than 60% unemployment, and the coronavirus. People can't afford to buy a loaf of bread, let alone rebuild an entire city. If you can spare any amount, no matter how small, there are many ways to donate. Please go to lebanoncrisis.ca rrd.co slash hashtag donate. It'll link you to trusted NGOs like Impact Lebanon, the Lebanese Red Cross, Beit El Baraka, and so many others that are doing the real work on the ground. The link once more is l-e-b-a-n-o-n-c-r-i-s-i-s dot c-a-r-r-d dot co slash hashtag donate. Beirut needs you. Its people need your help. Please don't turn a blind eye. Even five dollars can go a long way.
0: All right, welcome to Podaholics. This is Doc Talk with Dr. Jenna Burton, and we're coming to you from the slightly busy lobby of the Rove Hotel downtown, but not too busy. And it's going to be a lot of fun because. I think this show is turning into Jenna's family show, and we're running through all of the stuff that's going on with her family. It's going to be a lot of fun, by the way, and we're we're gonna pick up where we left off somewhere along the line. But we're gonna be talking prostates today and more. So that's that would be three shows we've done talking about men's health.
2: It, not on purpose. No. It's just dad came out last minute, and last time I had my mum on. Yeah, and I always say, well, what I do for one, you do for the other. So. He's elderly, so I've just brought him along. <laughs> get, him really out, nice. get him really out. Get really him out of the elderly. house. Thank you, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
0: can't believe you're you're saying that about your dad.
2: But he is. He's getting on. Show him a bit. Show him a bit of Dubai. You know, stretch his legs. <laughs> Keep him mobile. Yeah.
3: One, one day she'll be nice to me. <laughs> one day.
2: <laughs> no, I. Uh, it was on purpose, actually, but I think we've talked a few times about maybe getting my dad on yeah, to talk have. about prostate cancer. Yeah. And we were going to do our show about aging, but then that fits with dad too. Yeah, we'll come back to that.
0: (laughs) This is like three shows. I'm going to have to put them all together. Three shows we've done on men's health. And actually the first one was the classic one because we were talking vasectomies and circumcision. And we had Andrew Thomas from Digital Nexa just kind of come and sat down. I said, hey, join us for the show. But he didn't ask what we were talking about. So we just introduced it and started talking and he was kind of fidgeting in his seat. He was not comfortable at all. And can we just mention that
2: my mum was also in the room? And then your mum
0: came on after she filled in when he left.
2: I, I know. So she actually wasn't invited. <laughs> Mum wasn't invited. Mum just gagged <laughs> in. Whereas Dad, I did actually invite him along today. Yeah, <laughs> so that's kind of fun. Yeah. So yeah, my family. My brother's left, but I don't really know what I would talk to. He's he's in good health, so I've not yeah. really got. Any oh, to there's probably to him. something.
0: Remember, guys don't talk about that stuff. So he's, you're probably the last person he's going to talk about something.
2: I don't know. He's a bit of a hypochondriac. But there we go. That, yeah. <laughs> See, it's, it's perfect. Hypochondriasis. Yeah. But other than that, no. He's he's touchwood. I'm gonna to touch some wood, he's in good nick. Yeah. So.
0: so before we get started, I've heard lots of good stories. I've heard the stretching stories. We're gonna walk through your stretching <laughs> right. routine. But really the question I have is best roller coaster you've ever been on.
3: Best roller coaster. Um I don't know whether you call it the best or the worst. I think it was Co- is it Coomba that was in oh. Alton Towers.
2: I think it was in America that one, Jake. Dad, um, that what's was
3: the what's the one in Alton Towers in the UK? Nemesis. Nemesis. That's the one. Where we queued up for ages. It was a red hot day, and little bald head had the sun <laughs> right down on it. And we queued, and we got to the front of the queue, and it's one of those where your legs hang down, and you go upside down, and everything. And um, the man at the um, who was loading the uh, the roller coaster said. You're at the front of the queue. Do you want to be in the first one? And I didn't have time to answer, and Jenna just (laughs) said yes. How how old were you at this point?
2: I don't know. Maybe about...
3: I don't know. You're you're only just over the height. Yeah. uh, yeah. And the man looked at me and said, (laughs) well, there's one advantage of being in the front, sir. Vomit <laughs> travels backwards.
2: <laughs> we randomly in the car on the way here. We were talking about roller coasters, James. That's so funny. Well, But you've told yeah. me the
0: stories forever and ever that you're, you and your dad were like ro- roller coaster
3: fanatics. So you were out there roller coastering yeah. and having fun. I wasn't a roller coaster fanatic. She was. <laughs> and she dragged you along. I was dragged on. That was it. I had to be the brave dad. I was scared stiff.
2: <laughs> I can't wait for my boys to go on roller coasters. <laughs> so my mum wasn't a fan and my brother... He was sometimes into it, sometimes he wasn't. Yeah. And my husband's completely useless. Oh, he went not them? He went on them. There was one ride in America. I'd been on 12 rides and one day on my own. I just kind of like just left him. Which, I'm like, I'm, which park were you at? We were in Universal Studios. Oh, nice. So I'm just going to have to leave and park him, park him up with a coffee. I'm going to enjoy this place. I gave myself a real headache, actually. It was maybe a few too many rides <laughs> in one go. But a guy walked up uh, to us, and I'm pulling James's hand saying, come on, James, come on one ride with me. And it was... <laughs> It was one that was completely in the dark. I can't remember the name. It was completely in the dark. And he's pulling me the other way going, no, Jenna, I'm not going on a ride. And this guy walked up and he said, um, sir, I think this woman really wants to go on this ride, and she wants you to come along. So he said, oh, 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 it's okay, it's okay. And the next minute, he takes us, takes us through the back doors. He we obviously worked there, took us to the front of the queue, and then James had to go on the ride. Oh, no. And he was terrified, and it was the funniest thing I've ever experienced. There's nothing funnier in life than seeing someone that is petrified of a, a roller coaster and take them on.
0: So now that's it. Yeah. It's never no, well. He's never going on one again. No,
2: he's never going on one again. But so, I, I mean, I, I had my fun with him. Do, <laughs> do, do, you, do you like the rides?
0: I, I, I used to. And I was in Canada's Wonderland. And I went on the Leviathan, which is one of those rides you get on and it's four across and your your feet are hanging down and it mm. goes down at about a 90 degree angle and hits about 140 kilometers yeah. by the time it hits the bottom. And uh, so I was on that ride. And that was my, my last roller coaster.
2: Oh, really? Because
0: I got off of it and I was drenched so the 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 reaction of my body was i was like everything my shorts it was i i I thought i got in the washroom it was like everything (laughs) and i couldn't stop sweating and i was green and then I went on this old woody right after it, and I thought, oh, this will be good. And it, and it kind of slammed when it was stopping, and it was, you know, two people in a car, but there was no one beside me, and it was, you know, just a nice creaky roller coaster. And I kind of slammed into the rest thing, and and luckily, I made it onto the platform to a garbage that had a hinged roof because I lost everything at I'm that sorry. point. Oh,
2: really? And after oh, that, man. though, I
0: couldn't do it. I, I can't do any roller coasters. The, the Leviathan killed me because it was just... I wasn't fully recovered from it when I went on this other coaster. So uh, now I'm I'm no longer a coaster guy. Just thinking about that makes me feel nauseous.
2: Do you know, there's been quite a few accidents now in the UK. I think there were two accidents where they were in the space for a few years. And I I think it makes you question a little bit. It wouldn't stop you going on, but it does make you question actually... The safe, but things. with everything though, in life do go but wrong. But they're
0: fun, and I think it was a, a good wake up call for one of my sons because he was—he's a big boy and he put on some weight. He'd put on—he put on enough weight that he couldn't go on that roller coaster. Oh really? Yeah. No. So that was yeah. for him. It was—it was, it was devastating great. at the moment when they said, "Dude, you can't get on here. A, you're a little bit big, and we can't really close the bar as it should be closed, and you're just too heavy." And that was a big wake up call for him, and he lost a whole bunch of weight because of that. But I, I love coasters. I just think it's a thrill ride. <laughs>
2: But you're not going on one again. You're saying no, you love them, but you're not going no, on I'm any, No, I'm not going James. on them.
3: No, it's not happening.
2: That's all right. I'll go on them for you. <laughs> but I, I like to say to Dad, I've, I've kept him young, you know. Yeah.
3: No, you've nearly killed me <laughs> on quite a number of occasions. <laughs>
2: But Dad oh, is. Oh, Mr. I want to <laughs> hear the
3: details here. Like,
2: I, I, I really haven't. I really haven't. there's a no. I mean, I've been a bit of a pest to Dad. I mean, for instance, the kind of thing when he'd be lying. He's down he has got like a big
0: smile as you. <laughs> the stories are running.
3: Oh through, yeah, so. there's there's plenty of stories.
2: But it's just keeping his heart healthy. Give it a little shock <laughs> now and again. There's a few times I um, he was asleep, uh, sunbathing at home in our garden. So my brother put me up to it, actually and he just say get some cold water and chuck it on Dad like wake him up, and I swear the watering can came flying back at me with some <laughs> expletives, he thought someone was trying to kill him. But I think between us, we've done, we've done plenty, but Dad's actually <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Fit and Healthy. He's Mr.
0: Well, we, we, Muscle. We've talked about this a whole bunch of times, and you, you said with 34 years, all yeah. you remember is every morning you get up and you have, what, a 20-minute stretching routine.
3: Uh, pretty well, yeah. Yeah, I do now. I think it's probably got longer as I've <laughs> got older because the muscles have seized up. Um, so, yeah, I do find that as so, I've walk, got older, I walk need to us stretch. through this
0: because this is something that we've talked about quite a bit. Not about you, but just as people get older, you know, that, that just that doing that twist and things and getting up off chairs and stuff, people are having more and more of a difficulty doing it. So, what do they do, they take up some yoga, they do some stretching, but by then it's maybe too late because they should have been doing the routine. For a long
3: time. Yeah, well, I've always had problems with my back. I have got okay. a couple of worn discs in my back. And so I really, it started as strengthening my back and the whole core. Mm.
2: Uh,
3: so I started off with that first thing of the morning. And I do go to the gym regularly. I go to the gym about five times a week wow. usually.
2: And more but, now he's retired. Yeah. He's got <laughs> nothing else to do, yeah. James.
3: So, weight training or what are you? Uh, I mix it up cardio, strength. Okay. Uh, Cardio classes and then some weights. Nothing, nothing too heavy. I yeah, no, it's don't. It's like want spinning, it. Les Mills stuff, or uh, do yeah, Les Mills certainly. have done some classes. I've done do spinning. I do circuit training, nice, uh, boxer size, all that sort of thing. So Boxers, I make, I make, how's, how's boxer size? I've I, seen that. I love it. Really, I love it. Yeah, that's my favorite. If you've if you've had a bad day and you want to get rid of the aggression, just go and pummel those bads. It's
2: quite frustrating because me and Dad, it's always been our thing to do together is, well, we've got two things that we always do together. One is go to the gym and the other is we go to the cinema. So we've been to the gym this morning and tonight we're going to the cinema. So there, there what, are are, going,
0: what are you going to see at the cinema? I
2: don't know, James. There's is like there nothing There's like there? nothing gone. Yeah. But we'll, we'll find something. Dad likes to watch terrible films. So... That's always been our little thing. And when we'd go to boxer size together years ago, dad would be saying, Don't you hit my little girl, and telling <laughs> people they couldn't hit me. And it was really frustrating because I felt I couldn't get a proper workout because these guys, big chaps, are like giving me tiny little yeah. pathetic jabs, like a little cat or something. But no, you you still go and you love it, don't you?
3: I oh, love it, yeah. Oh, that's the one exercise I can't do now because of social distancing. Oh, that's right. The arms are not quite long enough for two meters. Are they enforcing that though, even in a they gym? Are. Like that's. They are? Oh. Yeah. They, the gyms in the UK only opened two weeks ago. Okay. So I can still do circuits. I can do spinning. Uh, we've taken a number of bikes out of the room. Right. Um, when we're doing circuits, we're um, all distancing again. But obviously boxing, it's, it's an up-closing thing, so so are do you, that. Obviously, you've got friends the same age as yourself. Uh, no, most of them are younger. Okay. Most of them are younger. Ah. Well, nearly all of them are <laughs> younger. <laughs>
0: because that was the whole point. I was, I was wondering, are, are folks... Are, you the same age as yourself. Do you find those those guys and those gals also getting into the gym, or not so much?
3: There's there's a few there's a few yeah. over 60s in there, but uh, most of the people I'm training with are probably mid 40s. I noticed
0: to that 50. as well. I always wonder where the the 50, 60 year olds go, because it's always the same age, and I I'm all, I'm always looking in there, going, why have they stopped? I'm like, why? And in fact, I got I got a friend who he must be about 56 right now. And he's a, he's, he always tells me, he says, James, he's a master swimmer. We, we actually started master swimming together. Cool story for about a year. We're swimming in this pool, Claude Robillard pool. And I'm swimming with Roberto and all these folks. And we're only speaking French. And then one day we're at the end of the thing and he's speaking English. And I'm going, dude, he's going, Oh, I didn't realize you want to speak in English. And so the whole thing is always taking place in French. The whole pool is French. Everyone was French except him.
2: So, but why? I don't understand why.
0: I don't know. Like, I, we always spoke French to each other. Even my terrible French, we were speaking French to each other. And then for some reason he was speaking English and we just, we became lifelong friends after that. And anyway, so at 55, he's going to me, this is the best time of your life to get back into competitive swimming. Because, A, you, you know, you, you can get back in, you can do some training. But all of the really good folks seem to be dropping out. So you're now suddenly <laughs> at the top of the game. And he, he actually set world records and he's in his 50s because all of his competition is leaving. Yeah, so I suppose that's one way of looking at it. So he's saying this is a good deal. Yeah. Well,
2: we've talked before about sometimes gyms can be a little bit discriminating or uncomfortable for yeah. people of certain ages, of certain weights, etc. And sometimes people feel it's not a place for them because they see the young guys going in and they've got the muscles yeah. on and the vests on, you know. Yeah, And and, and really, it's, it's, it's totally a place for people. It's not yeah. a young man's game. It's for everybody. Yeah.
0: And I think keeping that movement going, that's that's the key. And yeah. not overdoing it. I saw, what did I see the other day? Someone overdoing it. And it, I was just watching them. And they they were lifting, and it was an excruciating amount of weight. And I could see, every, and exactly, I'm going, yeah, they're going to be in pain. They're, they're re- going to wreck something, which is what, uh, you know, and, and CrossFit and all that kind of stuff. I love CrossFit. but my, It's great to
3: watch, but oh. uh, you, you think those guys are really going to suffer as they get older. Well, that's it. And
0: yeah. my osteo guy, he loves CrossFit too, because yeah. he says that's that keeps him in business. He's going to put his kids through university with CrossFit. Yeah, can imagine. Inevitably, someone pulls something.
2: But that's, that's more dad's problem, for instance. Mm. So we've talked, uh, last podcast we did last week or the week before, we talked about how see, some see people you know, expect.
0: See, Jenna's getting right back on track. This is incredible. But, so you're running the show. I like this.
2: I try, James, <laughs> to keep you on a little bit of a, a, a pathway. But Can you, you imagine what my
0: classes are like? Because I make wild I'd detours. Think,
2: I'd, I'd hate to think the length of your classes. Oh,
0: that's <laughs> every, every class, even the first one. Right to the limit. Like, students are going, don't we get out early? It's like, are you kidding? <laughs>
2: <laughs> There's no early with James Pike away. Yeah. yet. Uh, but we were talking, the last time we, we met, we were talking about the different, how people accept aging. And some yeah. people accept it, almost become a bit mumsy or fuddy-duddy a little bit early. Yeah. And they feel they have to because they've reached a certain age. Yeah. Dad would be on that other end of the spectrum. That's he cool. is the guy that pushes it too much. When he goes to boxercise, he asks <laughs> not, to, not yeah. to have a partner so he can do double the workload that everybody nice. else does. It is nice, but you know, you've also got to recognise limits.
3: kind of looks ripped, actually. I'm just but looking here. At my, my philosophy is I'm never more than one day older. If I have a birthday, oh I'm not God. a year older, I'm one day older. And if I could do it yesterday, I can do it today. Which, That's yeah. it.
2: Is absolutely fine. It's just also, there's, there's, a, there's a good balance, isn't there? Yeah. And I think you're getting a bit more sensible, but there have been times we've all been worried that he's been absolutely shattered. At one point, he was working early in the morning and insisting it didn't matter how tired he was. He'd go and look after my grandma after work and then he'd go straight to the gym. And it's kind of, it's important to keep moving and keep fit, etc. but there is yeah. a nice healthy balance and also learning to accept. You're older, somebody. Yes. It's
0: only uh, one day older. One day day older, older. (laughs) but
2: somebody, I I don't want to say who, uh, but somebody once put on a dating profile that he was about 20 years younger than he was, under the name Boxbit, and I was like, Dad, look, you look young, but... What
0: were you doing on the dating profile when you saw that? I
2: was like, you're taking the Michael here, Dad. (laughs) You got a good few dates out of it though, didn't you?
3: Well, I might well have done, Jenna, but I'm saying <laughs> I'm saying no more on that. <laughs> but there was, one of the the things that we
0: and taking it back to where we're going and yeah. we're talking men's health. One of the things we want to talk about was prostate, and men hate talking about prostates, you know. And I've I've joked with the guys saying that we should do a live prostate exam on the podcast. I'm up for it. And and they're all kind of like, uh, no. And and honestly, the reason I said that is is your fingers are really long.
2: Yes, <laughs> I've told you the story about my fingers, though, haven't I? No. When I was in. Um, when you, when you graduate, you're in F1, F2, and that means foundation year. So you're uh-huh. a foundation doctor, and they used to always clock my fingers. The seniors would clock my fingers, the nurses would clock my fingers, because I have got really long yeah. fingers.
0: And they're not very wide either, so that's kind of nice. So you can, you, you can do <laughs> terrible,
2: terrible things so you can examine prostates, but you can also do fecal... Impactation oh, removal you, as actually, well. You yeah. told me that
0: story. And it's it's oh
2: not the most pleasant thing to do, but you know, you really can help somebody and all the rest of it. But still you don't mind doing it now and again, but they'd always be like, Jenna, you you we wanna need, go and need sort out Yeah, bed number thirty six could do, you know, they're a bit impacted oh, no. and you go and, and help someone? This and, and everyone thinks sometimes that being doctors are glamorous. Absolutely not. (laughs) That's (laughs) just gross, though. It's how do you you
0: unpack it? Just go in there and pull it out?
2: It's literally to try. Sometimes that must hurt for the the patient, though. Well, they're they're in such a bad way. Imagine being so constipated that laxatives, enemas, none of them are working. Really? And sometimes, literally, just physically trying to help remove what is there can help. Does this happen a lot to people? Yeah, it's one another thing that comes with aging, sadly, is constipation, especially in women. It can happen to anybody. So there's a few things you can get. You can get a bowel obstruction, yeah, uh, which is, yeah, I've heard of those. Yeah, effectively where the bowel literally becomes obstructed, and it could be with feces or whatever, and that's really dangerous. So it can because be, it could
0: kill. You could get cut off blood supply and stuff like that. It
2: absolutely will kill you if it's not oh. rectified. So what happens is people start to get feces coming out through the mouth. They start to oh vomit no, feces. No, 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 yeah, really? and you have to put. A, that's a got to be the
0: extreme situation though for it to be reversing.
2: You. Either you can put a tube up the nose and help relieve the pressure and and then sometimes give lax tips and it can help, but most usually it's normally surgical intervention. And if not, you get a toxic megacolon, so your colon... Before the impaction grows so wide that if you think about the cells are normally side by side, they yeah. start to develop gaps, and wow. then you get fecal matter go into the into the abdominal cavity, which is a huge infection risk, and it, and it, it yeah. absolutely will kill you through sepsis if you don't treat it. So it usually is surgical intervention, but not always. You can sometimes alleviate with so with. Gross laxatives, really.
0: While we're on the topic of constipation, right. what should people be doing? Because, I mean, you got two, two... It swings both ways, right? Constipation and diarrhea. If this is what's happening, what should people be eating to help ward off constipation besides just figs and prunes and I that kind of stuff? I absolutely
2: love the fact that you always take things back to the bowels. Last time we were talking about diarrhea. It's
0: always, we and always bring it back.
2: We had a, we had a great conversation about aging and just at the end you find me with diarrhea and I was like, James, that's got nothing to do with no, what aging, we've just been discussing. It's constipation, it's always. It's but, well, constipation is fitting for aging because it does mm, happen as you see, get older. See, fits Yeah, in. so diet, that can help.
0: Is it, it diet, 90% of it just diet?
2: Not 90% because we were talking last time as well about a lot of it can be anxiety, medications you're on. A lot of the reason why... Anxiety can
0: lead to constipation. Of
2: course, yes. Really? Absolutely. You can. Big brain, little brain think ah. i told you that yeah, the yeah. same same substances that when you're a fetus that makes the brain also makes the bowel and therefore if you're very anxious and actually stop you going to the toilet for some people it can bring on diarrhea for some people it can actually bring on constipation wow. so it can be that a lot of people as they get older are on a lot of pain medications yeah. notably opiates so codeines morphine derivatives and therefore that really bungs people up and that that is a huge Cause mm. for constipation, lack of moving. A lot of people don't move as they get older. Therefore, again, constipation. So dehydration. Dehydration, constipation. Mm, the, yeah, there the we go. sound's got a bit of a ring yeah, to it. It's a song. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I could do something with that, James.
0: Um,
2: however, it, it's a whole combination of different things. So diet, partly enough, not enough people eat. You know, fruits and yeah. vegetables. There is. So there's a rule to say you should be eating lots of high fiber. Yeah. You know, so, so whole wheat pasta, whole wheat, okay. bread. Oats. Yeah, things like rivita, bran. However, I have met, the reason I'm hesitant to give that as advice is I have met gastroenterologists that say sometimes that can bung people up further. Really? So it's not everybody that responds so well to that high-fibre diet. Okay. And there's a lot of things that you can take that it's, it's like a laxative, but it's just a high, it's basically a high-fiber supplement. And mm. some people do really well on it, and some people actually it just makes the, the problem worse. So really hydrate, keep moving, plenty of fruits and vegetables. If it's not helping alleviate, then really need to go and see a doctor. And sometimes just a very small osmotic laxative, so something that draws water into the bowel but doesn't stimulate the bowel, just doing that for a few days can just kick everything off again.
0: So are there different kinds of laxatives?
2: Yeah, there's lots of different ah. types. Okay, so, so that's news. But that's I thought a laxative <laughs> was a laxative. No, no. So, as I say, one is a fiber supplement. Most commonly, the first line you give is an osmotic. So, for instance, children that come in, you give them an osmotic. And all it does is it draws water into the bowel. So, mm. it can actually make you feel a bit more dehydrated because you're effectively taking the water in your cells and drawing it into the bowel. And it just helps flush things out. And then the other one you have is like a stimulant laxatives And there's different types. Like this this Senna or this Bicycodile. And... Senna's maybe a bit more more natural, but either way, the difficulty with those stimulant laxatives is you can become dependent and the bowel gets a bit Uh, lazy. Hence why you want to keep people on laxatives for the shortest amount of time possible. You want to get them in, get them back into a good routine, clear them out, and then... Try and get back to normal as quickly as you can.
0: Nice. Well, there we go. See, we solved, we solved yet another mystery.
2: Another of James's bowel <laughs> mysteries, yes. <laughs> don't worry, we'll have
0: a new <laughs> one for you.
2: All right. I, I don't know where you're going to come with that, but I'm, I'm ready for it, James. <laughs> but
0: we did want to talk prostates. Well,
2: the prostate's close to the bowel, so it's a yeah. natural link. Yeah, yeah. So dad hasn't got one. But I, I, I thought...
0: I I did I didn't realize they actually took prostates out. Yes. I thought they left They they go in and make them, you know, what what do they call that? Uh scrape them? Whatever. But I d I didn't realize they removed if them. If
3: you, if you've got prostate cancer, okay. one of the options and it was the only option that was given to me, it was that it had to come out.
0: Now, how long did you know that you had prostate issues or I didn't. Okay.
3: Uh, all that happened to the full story is I moved house Uh and had to change doctor and when I went to the new doctors they said well uh, we automatically give you some sort of health checkup yeah so I went through you know the normal checklist what you eat what you drink all this sort of thing they said well you seem very healthy Harry but you've never had any blood tests for cholesterol kidneys liver prostate PSA levels so I had the blood test and my PSA was very high Mm. Say I'd had no symptoms whatsoever. I wasn't where I had any problems. Even go to the washroom, okay. Everything's yeah, yeah. Everything was fine. I mean, I go out for a drink with the lads, and they were going backwards and forwards to the toilet far more than I was. Hmm. Um, So I didn't know I had any problems at all. Yeah. Um, So the next option was the finger. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, he said, "Mm, "Yeah, okay. It's it's a bit rough. We better explore further." And then. MRI, and then um, a biopsy. And, uh, yeah, I was diagnosed with prostate cancer. Uh, and what, what
0: age were you at this point?
3: I was 63.
0: 63? Yeah. And, and, and pretty much what we'd call that asymptomatic. There's nothing.
2: Yeah. Retrospectively, you said you'd felt a bit tired at times, sometimes in the gym, maybe your legs felt a little bit tired, but that was quite literally yeah. what well, it yeah. was.
3: Yeah, and retrospectively, probably, I wasn't going to the toilet quite as easily, uh-huh. but Because it comes on so slowly, you don't notice it at all.
0: Which is, this is a huge issue for guys. Because one, we ignore the prostate. It's like, whatever it is, it's in there, it's doing its thing. Mm. And as you said, it happens so slowly. And if you haven't, you know, I I mean, obviously it sounds like you prescribe to a very similar uh, medical camp that I prescribe to. If it's not broken, doesn't feel like it's going wrong. Why would I go and get a whole bunch of tests when I'm feeling fine? That's
2: right. We've talked a lot about preventative health, and I often say to you, just, once a year yeah. just check in don't have to do anything extravagant sometimes it's just a conversation or just a couple of blood tests check your yeah. hemoglobin etc and as you get older the the blood tests change it's not a big deal why why yeah. not do it, it takes yeah. half an hour an hour of your day at the most and i think dad would be a prime example of something like that and dad's great messaged
0: it to it you know why not
2: but he's not the only one I've known. I mean, I worked in when I first started doing preventative health screens. I thought, what, a, what a joke this is! This is this is a real money-making thing from the the clinic I was working. At. It was a private clinic, and I felt embarrassed doing them to be honest, because I thought these people are clearly really fit and well.
0: Wellness checks, they call yes. them sometimes. Or
2: yes, exactly, wellness checks, uh, three hundred and sixty degree checks, etc. Yeah. And especially because they derive from America, which has always been known as a little bit sometimes as you know a, a money-making scheme within healthcare yeah. and then as time went on I actually found quite a lot of things It's not with everybody yeah. but it just takes one person that you can really change their life on a path that they didn't even know that they were on and now I am such a believer in them and I, I really, mm. I do, I feel very very strongly I mean dad had gone about 10 years or something I think without having any blood tests
3: yeah it must have been, yeah. that's yeah. a long time
2: especially yeah. over the age of 50 Yeah, you and keep so saying that,
3: you keep
0: saying is the marker
2: <laughs> I have said 50, it <laughs> I'm, I'm totally terrified <laughs> right to say anything now James because I know you're over 50 and in fact you've just had a birthday 55 yeah I know yeah. I wasn't going to say it James <laughs> <but>. and <laughs>
0: it's but just you know it's one more day I'm going it's with not,
2: that. It's not as if there is a cut-off between yeah. 49, you're not going to get anything, and 50 you are. It's just, as Dad says, it's progressive, and yeah. you have to have a you have to have to cut-off somewhere for where do you check. Yeah. If you're getting symptoms and you're 45, if you get symptoms in your are 30, there's a lot of people that get cancers in their 30s that they weren't expecting. It's just naturally the progression is you are more likely to get cancers. Mm. I don't know if you're aware, but everybody develops little cancers all the time. It's just right. that your body's internal detect, system helps get rid of them and so you never even knew that they were there the problem is is that detective system becomes a little bit lazy it's not quite mm. as clever doing the job and therefore naturally as you get older so for instance say my granddad had cancer at 80 you don't even really classify that as a risk factor for the generation below because well he's 80 he's probably going to start to get things like cancers anyway it's yeah. it's not like a genetic Thing, that is just something that happens as you get older mm. and so yeah everyone should go and get it checked dad has been very lucky still got a few cells hanging around they think don't they uh
3: yeah i still get my psa checked at least twice a year um it is higher than it was when the prostate first came out so okay. effectively they're saying i've still got cancer mm. but i don't feel as though i have right. and it's still at a very very low level um, and do
0: they have any idea where those cancer cells might be? No, I've no. had
3: a number of, well, I've had a couple of scans and they can't identify them. So, um, Interesting. So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I'm fit and healthy and I'm just yeah. carrying on.
0: And uh, prostate surgery, is, is that, this is a pretty common thing now? I mean, easy recovery, all that kind uh, of?
3: I wouldn't say it's, it's easy because um, yeah. I went into the hospital feeling fit and well and yeah. came out feeling a wreck with the catheter in for a week. That's a long time. Uh, well, yeah, I, I mean, felt I it at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was he was
2: a nightmare, James. The no, castor, yeah, a nightmare. I wasn't, but never mind. <laughs> had to drag him out the house to walk out the house. Yeah, I, I was self-conscious. I yeah,
0: didn't yeah. want to go anywhere. Well, and that's, uh, that becomes the other problem, right? So it's, you know, this is a pretty major surgery, and then there's a whole bunch of stuff going on.
3: Yeah, and then afterwards, um, a lot of people, if they've had the prostate out, become incontinent, uh-huh. And I was for a period of about six weeks, I mean, my lowest point was probably the day before the catheter came out. And I had delivered to me a large box, massive box. And in it was what I would call man-sized nappies. Mm-hmm. And an early cried, I thought, how bad is this going to be when the catheter comes out? As it was, it wasn't too bad. Mm. Uh, but for about six weeks, I had some problems, but. Uh, I worked on the (laughs) (laughs) on the pelvic floor religiously, didn't you? Yeah, religiously. Yeah, and you've got. And I think because I was fit beforehand, it all helped. Um, But I've still got problems. I I don't drink much caffeine now. I still have teas and coffees, but cut back on the caffeine. Cut back on the caffeine. I've cut back on the beer, so doesn't mean I've cut out alcohol. But I'm more on gin and tonics and things, and also. Fizzy drinks, because they're all diuretics. Oh, yeah. So, although I'm not incontinent, I am aware that I will be going to the toilet far more often yeah. if I'm... At- on those sort of drinks.
2: So moral of the story, if you've had yeah. your prostate out, avoid avoid uh, diet Cokes, avoid coffees, just go for the gin and tonic and get on the hard stuff. That's what I heard. <laughs> I,
0: I just said, I'm already, I'm already there. This is good.
2: The thing is, we were very lucky because the yeah. area where we live, it just so happened that the urologist, the surgical urologist that lived um, near us, he does radical prostatectomy, so takes radical out... Radical prostatectomy? That's what you call a surgery where you're trying to eliminate the entire surgery. You're trying to uh-huh. eliminate the entire cancer within the one surgery which is what dad had so he had a radical prostatectomy and he had it effectively by a robot so it was a really it's not non-invasive it is invasive but he would sit i have actually seen him do one of the surgeries before because it randomly obviously was in the hospital where i used to work but he would sit in the corner of the room to perform the surgery and a robot executes the surgery and it's fascinating to watch but the downtime is less less risk of infection you know it's a really high-tech yeah. surgery and they don't offer it many places actually in the uk it's becoming more common yeah, okay. so dad was very lucky as well to be able to have access to that and again free of charge on the nhs so
0: it's so i, I got a question about surgery where do they go in
3: There's six small holes wow so rather than one great big one yeah i have six small holes
0: wow that's pretty cool yeah I mean, as opposed to the old technique of quite a slice and dice and in you go. And, uh, you know, and there's some, there, I mean, there's a lot of stuff inside in that area that one's got to be careful. And obviously, when you talk incontinence and, and, and other things that are in there, I mean, that's interesting.
2: The side effect profile from that surgery is much less than an open surgery. Now, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with an open surgery. Mm. And for instance, I know of a lady that is needs to have a parathyroid Operation to remove a parathyroid but won't do it. Where's the parathyroid? It's gone the opposite sides of your thyroid, around the sides of your neck.
0: Because there's thyroid is is that the only place we have thyroid glands? No, we haven't. No,
2: you don't. You have, Oh God, this is taking me back to my anatomy.
0: (laughs) Underarms, aren't there thyroids under here too? Yes,
2: you can, um, you can, oh, God, James, I can't remember. (gasps) It's taking me back to. Your professors
0: will be listening going, oh.
2: I know, that that girl, she didn't (laughs) remember from her textbooks. Um, But most commonly, like, I'd say majority is from your thyroid gland, uh, which is in your neck. But, yeah, you have got thyroid elsewhere. And Hmm. I'm also thinking around your kidneys as well. You have. Um, but God, don't quote me because I just can't remember. Okay. I'm, I'm literally, I'm literally thinking Google. back to the diagram in my in my textbook from medical student days. Um, but the point is, is she will only have it as a as a non invasive surgery, so ah. sort of the same type as my dad, but won't have it through the open surgery. And what you want is a surgeon that has done that type of surgery many times. Right. So they are really well qualified in doing an open surgery, and have done it 120, you know, 100, 200 times that's the person that you want performing your surgery. You don't want someone going for a new radical surgery and they've only done it maybe two, three times. So just because we're saying that this was a great type of surgery doesn't mean that is the only type and the only type right. that people should have. It just means dad was lucky. He had Your the situation surgery. called for it. Yes.
1: it yes, yeah, And allowed for it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but you just want somebody that knows what they're doing, really, which... You know, we've, both, yeah, we've yeah. talked before, research surgeon in Dubai, research oh, your anesthetist.
0: And you never think of that. The anesthetist becomes really important and having a surgeon who knows what they're doing. And, you, you know, you never want to ask that question when you go to your surgeon. So how many of these have you done? And it's like, oh, well, I've done, you know, a few. It's like,
2: well,
0: really? A few? Yeah, Okay.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a difficult balance because yeah. if they don't learn how to do it, they'll never be able to. But what you want is somebody supervising. And yeah. normally that is, to be honest, that is usually how it works. When anyone does something new, you tend to ask for supervision or you have someone that's done it plenty of times that can effectively then sign you off. So you may have done 20, 30 with somebody before you signed off to go and do it on your own. It's just a lot of surgeries when you think about it. Yeah, it is. You'd be really surprised at how many surg- surgeries surgeons have done. Like they really rack up the numbers. Yeah. And I sometimes think, do they ever get bored? Because I'm, I've, went to see a, what was the operation you had done your anterior cruciate ligament yes. repaired. have
0: yeah. hey, Hold on, where's that? And right, that's oh, all yeah, oh, right. It's oh, all yeah. right, I can see the
2: scar. He's the bionic yeah. man.
3: Well, this yeah. But this is the old style operation. Now yeah. they t- take a piece of tendon or hamstring and put that in. Ah. I had the old style operation where they open up both sides of the knee and they put a piece of Dacron in okay. and also reroute the ligament on this side. So that's why I've got such a big scar there. Uh, so but you me. don't really
0: see it though. If you hadn't pointed it out, I wouldn't have noticed that. So
3: well, it's it's not as obvious now because yeah. this is nearly thirty years old. Thirty yeah. years, okay. Yeah, because I was, well, I was just coming up to forty when I had the uh, the operation done.
0: Knee is better. Is better. You know, no no issues. I I wouldn't mm. say there's no
3: issues. Should seem doing burpee. <laughs> uh, I have
0: trouble doing burpees <laughs> with the, the old knees. My knees are getting creaky. I'm only 55. They're getting creaky at. Oh, well,
3: well, well, mine were creaky at 40. When I had the operation done, the surgeon said I've got knees of a 65-year-old because I played soccer, football, oh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, until I was 40 and that's, that's really what stopped me playing. Wow. Uh, I tried to go back but the cartilage then kept on breaking down so I had to pack in. Oh man,
0: that's, that's a shame to hear. Yeah,
3: well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably still be trying to play now, if I could.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry, whilst you're talking, so the b- point of that was, <laughs> Are you answering
3: your,
0: are you no, no, your I'm, social I'm, media? I'm are you looking, posting on
2: social media? I'm looking at the thyroid <laughs> tissue because <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying me. That's, uh, I'm I can have, to find out. You you find uh, it. I, I, I got, got that stuff. But the, the first the point was is the first time I saw an operation like that, I was like, "Wow, this is amazing' and they actually took tissue from the patella tendon and use that um for the anterior cruciate ligament but the point is the second time i saw it it was nowhere near as exciting and i think surgeons are doing the same things over and over again and they're the most competent they are the most skilled because they're doing it so frequently but i wonder like do they get bored Do they ever i wonder if everyone's everyone's got a a slightly
0: different leg and there's always going to be a little wrinkle of something different and you don't you don't you think
2: boring Huh? James, you weren't supposed to, I'd mouth that to you. You weren't <laughs> supposed to... <laughs> well, I, but, but, you know,
0: but the reason I say that is because people often say, like, I'll teach the same course. For 20 years, I've taught the same course. And someone says to me, isn't it boring? I said, it's a little Groundhog Day-ish in that the students all have the same reaction. But I keep up changing stuff and there's always a new wrinkle on something and there's always a new student with something. And so... You know, it's,
3: it, yeah, I, I don't I, get bored of I can doing understand it. that because I used to sell. Yeah. And I used to sell to retailers. So every yeah. retailer I went in, basically I was telling the same story. Yeah. But you would get slightly different feedback. Yeah. A lot of it was very, very similar, but you would answer in slightly different ways. Yeah. So I can understand that.
0: And so I wonder if it's the same thing. No, you think it's boring.
2: I <laughs> found it a little bit repetitive. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like surgery. I like the fact that there's a start there's a middle, there's an end. Yeah. Bam, on your way. And what surgeons often say is just how rewarding it is. Mm. Often with medicine, people come in, you adjust medication, you maybe do some sort of like testing or procedure, and they're okay for a while, but then it comes back, or it's it's not quite. You come in, we sort you out, we fix you and you go on your way, which is what surgeons say is a real buzz about the surgery, especially for orthopaedic surgery. If someone comes in, they can't walk. Suddenly you give them their whole life back. If you can perform an operation that allows them to walk again, they can stop running, they can go to the gym, be active. Totally change their life. And so I totally buy all that. But for me personally, I, I... I get bored very easily. I'm sure you've got that. I get bored very easily, and after doing it a few times, I was like, "What's for dinner tonight?" Like Look at my watch. Or I really wish in the theatre they'd put some some decent music on in here. And some surgeons don't don't allow music. Really, that's yeah. gonna be boring. I think the just got the cool job. I, I, you know, I've always really liked anesthetics, yeah. and although they're really tweaking little bits, that is but very. But they just different. kind of sit
0: there, right? They they put together the cocktail or whatever they're doing, and they watch the 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 numbers, and they just you know sit there and read a book.
2: It's the most highly underrated job yeah. ever. Underappreciate is what I want to say. A lot of people don't even think anaesthetists are no. doctors. I and mean, you know what,
0: I never I didn't I never thought they were actually. I thought it was like a, a technician.
2: I would be far more concerned over who my anesthetist was than my surgeon because really? when, when Everything hits the fan during surgery. The surgeon puts the arms up and backs off, and it's the anaesthetist that goes in and, and works to keep them alive. Effectively, yeah. they are like the pilots running the, the you know the whole operation in the sense that they get you to sleep, and it's you know it's a concoction of medications, high end medications that could easily kill you if they got yeah. the wrong dose, etc. And then they keep you alive throughout the whole operation, and bring you back. And if there is an emergency in the hospital, the first, the person you have on speed down is the anaesthetist because the anaesthetist comes to keep you alive, keep your airway going and take you off to ICU. So I have huge respect. It was the mm. area of medicine I always really liked, anaesthetics, ICU. And it tends to be the anesthetist and, and the people that are operating ICU are the same people.
0: Ah, okay. So
2: it. Used to be that if you were an aesthetic, you automatically ran ICU. Now it's turned into a dual competency so that you, could, you get credits for working in each, but you have to do slightly different things just towards the end. But no, it's, it's really, really underrated. But mm. So would, would you
0: go back into anesthesiology?
2: If it was, gosh, if it was a smaller amount of time, I didn't have children, there's no question about it, I would. More so, I like the ICU side a bit more than the anesthetics. Mm. And I still keep in touch with the the professors from uh, my, my, it was like a university hospital. And I still keep in touch with them now. And they often say, you ever tempted to come back? And yeah, of course, I I would love to, but it's really invasive training. And I think once you get to a certain age and a certain, I've got used to having a certain type of lifestyle with with my children, it'd be very, very, very hard to juggle all of it. You wouldn't be getting me doing a podcast, James. I'd be too busy.
0: (laughs) It would be on lunch breaks, right?
2: If you get a lunch break, <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty busy,
0: busy gig. I just uh, saw an old student. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: Invite her over.
0: Uh, she's not wearing any, any uh, gear, so it's kind of weird. Right. Yeah,
2: so we'll outcast them.
0: Actually, Actually, I, 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 it's, this is a funny one. I, I ran into an old student the other day. Maybe not an old student. I couldn't tell which. But uh, typically when my students are with their parents, ignore me. Like they they'll they they'll give me the nod they, you know a subtle eye movement or something is like I know who you are, but otherwise they don't want to have to go through the whole drama of explaining oh this is my professor from university and blah 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 and then there's oh a whole hierarchy thing well you know and so they just better to ignore. Than to have to engage.
2: Are you sure they're not just embarrassed of you, James? Because uh, that's always that, an option. That's a <laughs> possibility
0: as well. There's a big possibility that that is also what's going I'm on. I'm sure that's
2: not the case. <laughs> yeah. But still, do you ever find that students remember you, but you can't remember them? All
0: the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They'll say, oh, I remember I was in this class. It's like, yeah, good luck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. good luck in life i don't remember but you. It,
0: it depends if they if they do something that distinguishes them so if they were the, the the worst student i'd ever had i usually remember those students or if they did something totally bizarre i'll remember those students you know or, or someone who really did exceptional work or that's it's the middle of the road never remember them so but you know if they then say oh remember i was with in this class in this year with this person then oh yeah okay i I get yeah maybe but, I mean, I've had a lot of students now, 20 years worth.
2: My goodness. So yeah, how can you but the, the good
0: thing is you meet them in, now in the workplace. So there'll be a manager somewhere or they'll be running something in the PMO and or you're at the airport and they're running one of the departments and they'll come up and say, oh, you know, here, come this way. like... You no, know, don't you remember me i was in two, i graduated in 2010 it's
2: like oh okay cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's, cool. that's so nice they'll
0: remind you the people they graduated with because then they'll put it all together because you, know, you might not remember them, but you remember the group of yes. students yeah. and they say oh, i was with so-and-so and so-and-so oh and so-and-so has two kids now and this one and which is always pretty wild when you start talking about the you know they're you know they got 12 year olds 13 year olds and you're like what the hell? what happened with time and uh
2: disappears James yeah, yeah it does Do you know even sometimes out and about patients recognise um, me and they'll say hi how are you etc I'm thinking who the hell is this person <laughs> and also it's different because when I see them they're sick yeah So yeah. they look different yeah people look quite different when they're unwell and they come in, they've got no makeup on, they're, you know, they're really at the lowest of the low. And then yeah. you see them out and they've got bright red lipstick, they're all dressed up, and I have no idea, no idea who they are.
0: And, and, you know, you might be examining all over the place and it's kind of like, yeah, you know, let's just pretend we don't know each other.
2: Dad, you know, you don't really feel like that. Huh? I, I huh? think people think that we would. It's like when you said before about the fecal compaction and, and how you feel about it. It just becomes
0: business? You just get into the business It's sense? like...
2: Being a footballer okay. and when you're on the pitch, it's a whole different ball game to being friends when you're mm. off the pitch. Okay. I, I don't think about it. And plus, you've got to remember, we've seen so many different things yeah. that you just forget. In fact, actually, James, her husband had a quite an intimate exam once with a friend of mine who wasn't a friend at the time. She was just another doctor in the clinic. And a few weeks ago, she came to our house. and I said, James, do you remember... She did that examination. He went, oh, God, I'm mortified. I'm absolutely mortified. (laughs) And when I told her, I said, do you remember you had to examine James? She went, I honestly didn't even remember. Because it it was just another patient. It was like complete nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way it should be. Well yeah because people get very embarrassed and I'm probably taking us back to the story of the prostate why a lot of men don't go and get checked out yeah. because they don't want to go and have the examination and yet one the doctor's not thinking anything of it they'd rather you came to yeah. have it done two it takes seconds it's a really small procedure people think it's going to be really painful yeah. or it's going to be so uncomfortable and it yeah. takes a long time so
0: you've summed up all the reasons no no guy wants to go have their prostate checked out
2: well I can it doesn't hurt it is a bit uncomfortable. It lasts a few seconds. Yeah. Done. A little, KY, little you know. KY
0: jelly. You're done. It's easy.
2: Uh, or a bit more or KY or jelly. A bit again. more <laughs> KY jelly. Done. Yes. And people, the, the doc, you're not even looking at the doctor. You're turned away. Yeah. You're in the fetal position. So you're nice and comfortable. And that's it. It's done in a few seconds. Nobody thinks anything of it. And that's it. You're out the door again. So
0: when you go in and you're you're doing a prostate exam, what are you you feeling for? What are you you trying to discover?
2: So the prostate sits right behind the bowel, which is why you can feel it through the back passage. And what you're feeling for is something that's really nice and smooth, really rounded. You you want to basically eliminate any lumps and bumps, any rugged edges. And the bowel is that thin that
0: you can feel the prostate? Because it's obviously going around the
2: bowel, right? It doesn't, kind of? not really. It, it's kind of, it's there. I'm trying yeah. to show you with my hand, you're but showing it's, my it's, hand. it's a stationary piece. Okay. And then the bowel kind of overlays oh, it.
0: Okay, so you're, okay. And then
2: you're going in, so you press on, on the right.
0: top. Right, I gotcha. So it's
2: just to it just have like a little middle groove and you can feel nice and smooth yeah. around kind the like outside. like a donut. Yeah, sometimes what's harder to discriminate is when it's enlarged because mm. Everyone's got a slightly different prostate and a lot of people don't have prostate cancer, but they can have benign prostate hyperplasia, which is effectively where they have an enlarged prostate and they can get symptoms from that such Ah. as urinary retention, incontinence and urgency to go to the toilet. Sometimes they get like dribbling in between going to the toilet. And they may, might get worried that they've got prostate cancer, but right. actually it's a benign condition. Ah. You can take medication to relax the prostate muscles and the bio, and the bladder muscles to help you go to the toilet. Sometimes you need intermittent catheterization, but usually it's it's not... Easy. not Yeah, well, it, it still causes a bit of a, yeah. a burden on people's lives, but it's manageable. It's something you can do something about. But people get frightened sometimes that they've got prostate cancer, so frightened that they don't want to see the doctor, which... Doesn't make sense, but I'm sure everybody's had an experience of of that in their lifetime.
0: So it makes sense that you get the test to measure the PSA levels. PSA, yeah.
3: Yes and no. I well,
2: just oh, want to throw well, a spanner well, in yeah, the. Yeah.
3: No, no, because I I realise that mm. that's not an accurate test to diagnose uh. prostate cancer. Because if you've got something wrong with your prostate, which is not cancer, your PSA levels can can rise. Is that right, Jenna?
2: Yeah, PSA is. It used to be used as a screening tool. At one time, they thought, let's just... That was a it. couple of years
0: ago, I, I heard that PSA screening. They were all over that.
2: But They still use it, but at one point, it was the market. Now, yeah. it's PSA and examination. Okay. And the reason is it's a very non-specific test. So, even sometimes, you could have a small infection, a bit of inflammation in the prostate. For various different reasons, you may or may not be aware of that, and you'll have a really high PSA. Likewise, you can have prostate cancer more unusual and have low psa therefore it's not a great mark on its own it can be a red flag okay we need to investigate further mm. but in an ideal world world you'd have a psa but you'd also have an examination no
0: are, are all guys inevitably going to get enlarged prostates and and go down the route of some degree or level of prostate cancer in their life
2: not necessarily no. the prostate gets larger as you get older any
0: reason for that or is that just
2: i don't know it just it just happens i know i know as much about that as i can (laughs) remember the location of the where all the thyroid glands are (laughs) but the point is is it gets bigger but whether you're somebody that's symptomatic with it is different you do find that people that are younger to get prostate cancer are more likely to pass it on to their sons so for instance my dad's had it and therefore we will be ensuring that my brother goes to get checked regularly for for him how old's your brother he is about to turn thirty-seven, so right. he doesn't need to look at it yet. But I mean, I've, three more years, forty number of years. Yeah, he should be going to get it regularly checked.
0: Birthday, birthday present? <laughs> a, I'm a, not
2: giving my brother no, a no, prostate. No, you give, give him a gift certificate to go
0: see uh, the fantastic he can doctor.
2: You give him to see the same mate that looked after <laughs> my husband. Yeah, it was, we'll send him that way. Yeah. But yeah, it's important that they get it checked. But what a lot of people don't know is prostate tends to be a lazy cancer, so mm. usually it's not always life threatening dad was unlucky he had quite an aggressive form and yeah it can get it can get nasty quite quickly if you are the unlucky person that mm. has an aggressive form of cancer and it spreads from the margin of the prostate and tends to quite quickly go to the back and that's when people start to notice symptoms that okay. they've got pain in the legs or they're not walking as well yeah.
0: so a lazy cancer, but a lazy that, that's interesting
2: tends to be tends yeah, to more be. commonly it's a lazy cancer mm. so the moral of the story is get checked
3: yeah, it is. Yeah, as I say, I, I knew nothing about it. I didn't have any symptoms. Yeah. And I was just lucky actually that I'd moved house. Yeah. Um, because it would have it would have come out of the uh, out of the prostate and round my body if if I hadn't had yeah, the surgery.
0: Saved by a move. Yeah. That's a good thing.
2: Yeah, well no, it's a very good thing. Yeah. And again reinforces yearly checks, going in to check with your doctor. You don't have to be unwell to go and say a friendly hello. And in fact, doctors quite like it. If you do, even though in the UK, the waiting lists are absolutely terrible, you can actually prevent them coming in in an emergency if they come and just say a friendly, hi, just wanted to just check. Is anything I should, be, I should be doing? Is it hard to get a GP in the UK these days?
3: Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forget it it, it. it was fine till COVID-19 came out. Now you, you need, I don't know, a letter from... God <laughs> For who? Anyone Boris yeah. Boris, Boris. Boris. <laughs> Yeah Boris <laughs>
2: Sadly Getting to see a GP in the UK Can be quite difficult And people In England Get a little bit Impatient So If they yeah. can't see their GP today They have to wait until tomorrow Because they're not deemed an emergency or if they can't be bothered having to go to the GP and then wait to get the referral, yeah. what they'll sneakily do is end up in A&E and they'll say, uh, I've come here because, well, I hoped I might just get an x-ray straight away. Or I thought you <laughs> could just refer me on straight away. And sadly, these people end up getting sent back to the GP and they've kind of yeah. wasted wasted their mm. time. But it, it can be quite a burden on A&E because of the volumes of people going through GP land. Yeah, what can we do? What's it like in Canada? Same. Is it?
0: Yeah. Hard to find a GP. Depending on where you live, it's even worse. Yeah. And then the times to get a specialist test can take quite a while. And then I I even remember someone recently was talking about some tests they'd had. Maybe it's an MRI. And I kind of go, oh, let's get the results. Oh, no, it's going to be at least a month. (laughs) I'm going, how is that possible that it can be a month from the time you got the test to the time that someone's had a chance to look at it? that you get the results where, you know, we're kind of spoiled here where you can go in for an MRI and have the results as you're walking out, you know, Mm. but it's, so yeah, it's kind of the same in Canada, but But you're guaranteed service, right? You're guaranteed that you're going to be treated and you could, you could have some of the best doctors in the world who are working on new technologies working on you. So, so that's the trade-off.
2: You don't get everything, do you? Here we get time and there are some great doctors and what you get in Canada and the UK is security systems because yeah. there's layers of doctors working. It's not right. just one consultant and you have the nursing staff that are really well trained as well to pick up on different things yeah. and you have the the post-operative care, the rehabilitation all included. Yeah. So, you know, it, you, you just can't get everything. Yeah. But I do remember being in Manchester. It was a really funky clinic. It was a GP clinic. It was NHS. But these guys, they just they just thought that they were cool and they didn't wear shoes (laughs) they didn't wear socks they'd often have music playing in the background which normally in the NHS is a big no-no it's a professional environment and they all wore jeans whereas again normally GPs are, are relatively smartly dressed and I remember you couldn't get an appointment there because it was right in the middle of Canal Street, really yeah. cool street in Manchester. And this guy was Australian. He said, you do realize I could fly back to Australia tomorrow, go and get a, a GP appointment and fly back. And it'd still be before the appointment you could <laughs> give me. And it's like, you, you know, that there's something quite wrong with the systems when someone can do that and still yeah. get seen quicker.
0: Yeah. Man, Harry, this has been a lot of fun. I think we're good. it's time to wrap. I think it's time, it's time to wrap, time wrap John. I mean, and this has been our third men's health part. We've done 3.
2: I think I feel like I should get a t-shirt made for so. men's health yeah. to promote. I think so. Got I think we, we should
0: put together all the clips, just little clip bits on on all of them. I think that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, sounds good. Why not, James? I'm up for anything. Okay, that'll be fun. Harry, it's been a pleasure to meet you.
3: Yeah, and you, James. And
0: yeah. we didn't even get to talk about your soccer career and, and where that all Ooh, went. It was hardly any career, <laughs>
2: <laughs> believe me. He took it seriously, yeah. but I'm not sure how I professional few it was. a people, and that
0: was about it. <laughs> <laughs> but this has been a lot of fun. I, I mean, truly. And I yeah. think we've learned a whole bunch as well, so...
2: You press that, and I was going to say check up on the weather thyroid thing. you have to. Have, oh,
0: yeah, we'll look at it. I'll after. update it.
2: I'll update it next week.
0: <laughs> For sure, we'll put we'll put it up in the 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 write up, and we'll we'll put it all in. It'll be cool. Dr. Jenna Burton joins us as she does every time we do Doc Talk because it's the Dr. Jenna show. And of course, you can find us at www.podaholics.com. That's podaholics with a K. Across the socials, podaholics as well. Coming to you this week from the lobby of the Rove Hotel downtown. And we'll be doing it all again really, really soon. You've been listening to Podaholics.